tuned to Finding Truth Matters with Dr. Andrew Corbett. Hello and welcome to the program. The 23rd Psalm is often read at funerals and other occasions we get stuck for a bit of the Bible. If you're sensing that your life is a bit stale and you're after some keys to a more fulfilling life, could I suggest you open Psalm 23 for a deeper look? That's Dr. Corbett's aim tonight as he continues a series of discussions he's titled A Journey Through the Psalms. Let's join Dr. Corbett now as he opens Psalm 23, seeking to discover the keys to enriching your life. Let's pray. Father, as we open up your word right now, we pray that you will speak to us. Help us to become a prophetic people. Father, there are people within the sound of my voice right here and right now who don't get angry enough. Lord, Forgive us for our apathy. Help us to be a people who are guided by the shepherd. I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. If I was to ask you what is the most famous psalm out of all 150 psalms, what's the most famous one? What is one psalm you could recite off by heart or nearly off by heart? Most people would say Psalm 23. Would you please turn to Psalm 23. We're going to examine this psalm as we look at things that perhaps you've never seen in this psalm. Psalm 23. As we look at this, at the book of Psalms, we're going to discover how we can enrich our life, how we can become better people, happier people, more satisfied, more content how we can be a people who know how to live in God's presence and enjoy the benefits of living in his presence. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So the book of Psalms and the Bible itself promises that as we apply the truth within the Psalms, our life is going to be led deeper into the presence of God. And I've got to tell you right now, if you're struggling to feel God, if you're struggling to hear his voice, you need to immerse your mind, your spirit and your heart in the Psalms. Where there is worship of God, there is the presence of God. And the book of Psalms is a book of worship of God. And if you're struggling to hear God, you need to come into his presence. Because where the presence of God is, the voice of God is. And Psalms will help you to come into his presence. I've got a question for you as we look at this and perhaps as we take these 112 words, these six verses of scripture, perhaps the most heard, the most known, the most widely used psalm out of all the 150 psalms. And in fact, we've probably done it an injustice because... We often hear this psalm on one occasion and one occasion only, and that's at funerals. And it's presented in a a fairly negative light, as one that is designed to say life is hard, life is tough, and you just made it to the grave, well done. (laughs) That's not what this psalm's about at all, and I want to show you that in just a moment. So the question is, is the Lord your shepherd? Now think about this. Because Jesus Christ came claiming in John chapter 10 that he was the shepherd of sheep. And he said this, 
My sheep hear my voice. The implication is that there are those who don't. There are those who don't hear the voice of Christ. They don't hear the voice of the shepherd. The question is, is the Lord your shepherd? Now, really, I I want you to leave today. I want you to go from this time together of hearing this and be able to answer this question, either yes or no. Is the Lord my shepherd? You know, we say this, and at times we perhaps we can just say this psalm without even giving it much thought. The Lord is my shepherd. My question is, is he? Now, as we consider this psalm, I want you to see that there's some amazing promises in this psalm. Think about this. This is not just for someone who's dead or dying and we're trying to remember them. This is for the living... Not so, they, not so we can look back, but so we can look forward. And I want to show you this psalm is a psalm of movement. There's movement language in this psalm. This is a psalm of leadership. This is a psalm of influence. This is a prophetic psalm to challenge God's people. Get this. Firstly, the promise in Psalm 23 where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now consider this. This, if the Lord is our shepherd and he leads us, where is he? He's in front of us. And if he's in front of us and he's leading us, what are we doing? We're following him. That means this psalm promises that if we make the Lord our shepherd, we will have direction for our life. Direction for our life. Have you ever been following the Lord and and you go, I know where he's going. Oh, it's all right, I know where he's going now. And Hang on, I thought, and off we go. And you know, it doesn't matter as long as you follow the Lord. I had a, a fella come down, very spooky fella come down from a little town called Tokenwall. Anyone ever heard of Tokenwall? It's on the Murray River. It's about that big on a map. It's tiny. And this fella, full of God, full of the Holy Spirit, drove down from Tokemore and he said, Andrew, God has spoken to me and he's told me to tell you something. And this is what he wants you to know. He wants you to know that he is the way. I'm going, "Mm, yeah. No, Andrew, you don't get it. There are many ways and there are many ways that people will tell you to go. And no matter where they go, you follow him because he is the way. Andrew, when you don't know where to go, follow him. Stay in his presence. Follow him. And I want to show you that that is essentially what this psalm is about. Following and being in the presence of God. The first promise is that you'll have direction for your life. If you're asking questions like, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Can I tell you, you're probably asking the wrong question. A better question is this. God, where are you? I want to be where you are. I want to be in your presence. I want you to be my shepherd. Secondly, it promises provision. You notice this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Isn't that awesome? You know, I've heard many people teach God will meet your needs. But if you just want anything, you're just being downright greedy. The Bible says, I shall not want. I shall not want. Here's the question. What do you want? What do you want? 
If we're talking about finding true, lasting happiness, as we pursue God, for some people, they'll never be happy unless they get what they want. Okay, what do you want? What do you want? And most people go, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what do you want? You know, I, I reckon you could, you could follow God and be a, a, a billionaire, a squillionaire. I really do. I really reckon you could. I think it would be a lot harder, but I reckon you could. And I don't. And if that's your, if that's your you know, life path, please stay committed to this church. But, but that's not what I want. I don't want that at all. I want what Proverbs 30 says, God, don't give me too much because if I get too much, I'll get arrogant and I'll forget about you because I'll just think I can meet all my own needs. I like the story of C.T. Studd. C.T. Studd bought into wealth millions of dollars back in the, the turn of the 20th century, late 1800s into the early 1900s. He came to Christ and he realized his wealth was an obstacle for him to follow Christ. So he gave it all away. Awesome. Does that mean God you know, only wants people to be poor? Not at all. The, the, the Proverbs 30 says, don't let me lack, because if I lack, I might do something that's wrong to, to meet my need. I shall not want, the Lord is my shepherd. The promise is that God's provision will be yours as you follow the shepherd. Thirdly, look at this. He makes me lie down. Now, you ever wondered how a shepherd makes a sheep lie down? This is profound. As you follow the Lord, as you make the Lord your shepherd, he will make you lie down. He will put rhythm into your life. You know, Keith and I uh, drove into, into uh, a city in northern Thailand um, a couple of years ago, and it was Sunday. Now, get this, in Thailand, they don't regard weekends. They just flat out seven days a week. But, you know, even for a nation that doesn't regard Sunday as anything special, Things weren't as vibrant on Sunday. They weren't. There were some things that were just either closed or not as vibrant as they normally are on other days of the week. And I I said to Keith, you know, isn't the rhythm of creation interesting everywhere you go in the world? You know, in France, during the the French Revolution, the, 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 the peasants who took over France and executed the kings and the royalty said, we're sick of all this stuff that's been put on us by these Christian kings and queens. We're going to break off every, every resemblance of Christianity from us. From now on, we're not going to honour Sunday, the day of rest, Sabbath, the day to come to church. We're sick of church. We're sick of being oppressed. From now on, we're going to have a 10-day week, not a seven. We know after a couple of years... The people were so worn out. They were exhausted. Napoleon came along and took over the country and the very first thing he did was reinstitute a seven-day week with the seventh day, a day of rest. He didn't do it for religious reasons. He did it for common sense reasons. I've got to tell you, when God makes us lie down, he makes us take time out. I know that when I follow the shepherd, I could have work piling up. And I've just shared with you before, you know, I've had a week where I've just had so much on. And and yet I know Sunday is the day to put it aside and apply the principle of Sabbath and lie down. Just rest. I found that I can be far more productive with six days resting resting on the seventh than I can if I just keep going seven.
I think mining companies are discovering that now where they try these obscene shifts that just wear men out. He makes me lie down. So there's a promise of refreshment. Look at this. Uh, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So there's that refreshment. Look at this, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, as we follow the shepherd, he's going to give us courage to face the challenges that we need to face. This is not a doom and gloom and, oh, well, Fred's dead. This is a psalm of tremendous victory that we can do all things through Christ. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear not. I'll fear no evil. The promise of God to us is as we make him our shepherd, we'll have courage to live life the way we should. It goes on. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's the the rod of a shepherd, you know, uh, a, a hard stick. And often with that crooky bit on the end. But that, but that crook for rescuing sheep out of pitfalls and holes and, and yet that other bit of the stick for beating off wolves and, and, and just tapping the behind of a sheep that just kind of strays out of the way. You know, who, who, wants, to, who wants to be shepherded? He's a, a rod of authority on your blessed assurance, you know, sort of keeping you in line. That's the promise of God, that, you'll, that you will know his authority on your life. But do you notice that they comfort us? Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. There's an investment of authority that God makes in us. And then finally, the psalm goes down and, and, and as it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. We'll come to that in a moment. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And look how this psalm finishes. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the house of the Lord, you find God and his people. And the last promise that we find in this psalm is is a promise of fellowship. That as we make God our shepherd, we're brought into fellowship. You know, loneliness is a crippling social disease right now. And and I'm, I'm afraid to say that there are Christians who aren't following the shepherd and they're, they're gripped with loneliness. It's eating away at their soul. I challenge you, make the Lord your shepherd. It'll change the way you view life. How do we know when the Lord is not someone's shepherd. Think about all the opposites to what we've just looked at. Think of all those things that we've just said. You know, those things come when you make the Lord your shepherd. When you make God your shepherd. Well, when the Lord's not your shepherd, life is hard. It's full of disappointment. It's full of despair. It's full of discontentment. You know, the Lord is not my shepherd, I shall always want. Uh, It's full of dread. We're afraid to see certain people. We're afraid of certain things happening. And we're beset with loneliness. The exact opposite to all those things. Now, as I read those things out, I can go, well, man, I've had that in my life. 
In fact, I've probably got some of that happening right now. God, what are you trying to tell me? And I, and I virtually have to go, hey, God, I'm not just going to preach this. I'm going to examine this and, and, and see if it fits my life. Because I want God to be my shepherd. I, I want to follow him. I want him to be Lord of my life where I know I'm following him, where I know I'm hearing his voice. And every morning I wake up, usually before my family, and, and we have a regulated get-up time for our children. Our children uh, aren't on autopilot. They're on, they're on uh, Dad's rules. Well, actually, I can say that because Kim's not here. Uh, it's Kim's rules. But anyway, so... I have the opportunity of getting up and first thing, uh, taking my Bible, a pen, a couple of highlighters. I usually grab this and, and uh, maybe make some notes and, and I just spend some time with the Lord. First thing. The other morning, Zoe said something to me, staggering. Uh, she was about to go out and, and, uh, for the day and I said, Zoe, have you, had you read your Bible? And she goes, no, Daddy, why should I? You don't read yours. I said, well, hang on. What you, well, wait a minute. What do you mean? So well, I never see you reading your Bible. And I go, listen here, sweetheart. I read my Bible for an hour before you get up. Oh, okay then. So we settled that. So, but I do, I want God to be my shepherd. I want him to be my shepherd. You know, think about this psalm again. Here's the point. Look at this. The Lord is my shepherd. We're following the shepherd. You know, Hebrew shepherds are different to Australian shepherds. Australian shepherds get on the motorbike or the horse, they've got the sheepdog, and they're behind the sheep. They're going, I can't do that, whistle, you know, whatever. And they're kind of making the sheep go, or get the dog and driving the sheep. But the Hebrew shepherd, he didn't do that. The Hebrew shepherd had a bond with his sheep. He walked, they followed. Now, I can't ever say I've had uh, real live sheep. But I have had something very close that has done that. Chooks. <laughs> Just, I'm not sure whether they're a step up or a step down on the intelligence quota. I'm not sure. Maybe they're a step up from a sheep. But I remember we, we bought a, a couple of chooks and uh, we got them quite young and I used to pick them up and pat them and, and uh, they got to know me and I got to know them and we, we, we having fellowship together and, and it got to the point where and well, the very first thing we built down at our property where, where we're, God willing, going to build a home is, uh, is we built a, a chicken coop. Now, if you look at it and go, that's a chicken coop? Trust me, by faith, it's a chicken coop, which is a statement of my handyman skills. Anyway, that's another issue. And, and I'd go down there and I'd be able to open up the gate to the chicken coop, and the kids say, oh, Dad, aren't you afraid that the chooks are going to run up? I said, no, watch this. I said, I oh, know, I just get out, open the gate, and I walk, and they follow. Most amazing thing. Well, how are we going to round them up? Oh, I'll be right. I'll be right. You watch. And I walk back into the thing, and they follow me back in, and we shut the thing. I'm just saying that to impress you. Isn't that amazing? These chooks trusted me with their very lives. Incredible. And that's how a Hebrew shepherd did it as well. You know, I'm, a, I'm amazed at how, you know, some, some people are not sheep. Some people are goats. You can tell they're goats because they're always butting. You can tell. You know, come on, church, we've got to do this. But, 
pastor. See, but, 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 but. That's what goats do. They but, whereas sheep go, amen. And so we, we want, we've got to be sheep following a shepherd here. You know, and I, I've had I've had people leave and and tell me, you know, you're not much of a pastor, and and, I, and I'm just hearing, you know, this is the, it's kind of like one of those um, far side cartoons, you know, where where uh, the dog thinks it's talking and all you can hear is woof 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 blah 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 and all. Well, you know, I hear people and all I hear is but 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 but. And I think, hang on, you know, they say, well, you did follow after me. I went over here and you didn't follow after me and you didn't follow here and you didn't follow there and you didn't follow there. And I'm thinking, well, hang on, who's supposed to be following who here? I thought, anyway, see what I'm thinking? Is anyone thinking, but pastor? <laughs> Hope not, anyway. But see, when we follow the Lord, we're going to go somewhere. See, the Lord is my shepherd, so we're on the way somewhere. I shall not want. He makes me lie down, so he knows what's best for us. He gives us rest. Notice the movement in the psalm. He makes me. He leads me. He restores. I walk. He follows. I walk. We're going somewhere. It says, goodness and mercy shall follow me. It's very hard for goodness and mercy to follow you if you're not going anywhere. And so this is not a picture of corralled sheep. You know, the, the church is not meant to be a group of sheep that just come together on a Sunday and that's about as good as it gets. We're meant to be a people who get inspired, motivated, informed and inspired. You know, I don't want to just educate you. I want to empower you. I don't want to just inform you. I want to inspire you. I don't want you just to receive. I want you to be restored so that we can face this world and follow the shepherd, the shepherd of our soul. So we see that these sheep, the sheep that follow this shepherd are on a mission. And it's a mission that invites, almost invites, enemy attack. Isn't that awesome? No, not really. Well, it says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I've discovered that people can not like me, even though they haven't met me. I've discovered that once people find out I'm a Christian, they've already made their mind up. Christian equals silly twit, not to be trusted, probably hypocritical, don't like him. And I come up to them and say, hello, and it's like, what have I done to you? I haven't done anything. They've just already made their mind up. There's a spiritual battle that's taken place and, and they've lost and I'm winning because the Lord will prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So as we follow the shepherd, there are some, can I just say, there are some Christians who are absolutely scared spitless about what the devil might do to them. In fact, I was at a, uh, a function not so long ago where I had a Christian say that he received a word of prophecy and I'm, you know, always, oh, here we go, about how the devil was going to attack him. And, and this person took seriously ill and they said to me, so that prophecy was fulfilled. I'm thinking, what kind of shepherd are you following here? You're talking about a shepherd that would allow, just allow the enemy to savage you? Man, I don't want your shepherd. I'm happy with the one I've got. I want to follow my shepherd. Now, my shepherd takes me into the presence of my enemies. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. 
But you know, he anoints my head. And then he takes the cup. And, and the Hebrews had this thing about the cup. The cup was the guest cup. The cup was for the important guest. And then, you know, you, you fill it up. But if you really, but you just keep filling it. And they fill it, fill it to overflow. You're an important member of the guest. You're a protected member of the guest. And if you want to know anything about Hebrew host, hospitality, read some of the stories of what Hebrew hosts were prepared to do to protect their guests when there was a hostile crowd outside. Man, they were prepared to sacrifice their daughters just to protect their guests. And this host, the Lord is my shepherd, fills my cup to overflowing. And he's saying to you, you're my protected guest. I won't let anyone harm you or hurt you. You're under my care. Wow. Now, look at this. You know you're following the shepherd. Look where this psalm ends up. You know you're following the shepherd when you end up being drawn to the house of the Lord. I've discovered this. God wants us in his house. You're in the right place today. God wants you here. The enemy doesn't. I found the enemy will do all kinds of stuff to keep us away from the house of God. I shall dwell. You know what that word dwell means? Dwell means that you can that, that not only do you belong, dwell, belong, but you can go and you can always return. Always return. That's church. Week by week we go. This is where we belong. You belong here on a Sunday. You belong in the house of the Lord. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God wants us in his house. How are we going? Is the Lord your shepherd? Is the Lord your shepherd? Do you know his guidance? Can we pray? Eyes closed, heads bowed. Father, as we examine your word right now, there is an ache in each of our hearts that just wants to shake off this apathy that some of us might be feeling. This apathy that the enemy has put on us. This fear of the valley rather than courage to walk through the valley. Father, we thank you that as we follow you, we can continue to walk. We thank you, Lord, that as we follow you, we can continue to be led and have our needs and our wants met. Now, Father, if there be some here right now and they know they've never made you shepherd of their life. Now, I'm talking to you right now, and, and I've, got to say, I've got to tell you, eternity is on the line right now. While eyes are closed and heads are bowed, let me tell you that if God is not your shepherd right now, and you leave this life, you've missed out on your one and only chance to make him shepherd. If you know that there's something missing in your life, you know you need to be saved. You know you're not saved now, but you need to be saved. Why don't you pray this prayer? Come back to God with this prayer. Dear God, please forgive me for my sin. Come and cleanse me and help me to live for you. I want to be born again. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Enriching your life. Is God your shepherd? If he's not, then that pretty much explains the void in your heart you've been unable to put your finger on. Dr. Corbett continues his journey through the Psalms next week. 
If you'd like to purchase a CD copy of tonight's program to listen again in your own time or to refer to a friend, you can do so for $5.50, including postage and handling. Finding Truth Matters resources are available from the website www.findingtruthmatters.org or by contacting Lagana Media at P.O. Box 1143, Lagana, Tasmania, 7277. Just quote the program title, Journey Through the Psalms, Session 3. If you'd like to subscribe to Finding Truth Matters monthly e-newsletter perspectives, visit findingtruthmatters.org and click subscribe. Finding Truth Matters with Dr. Andrew Corbett is produced by Lagana Media and we look forward to joining you at the same time next week for another Finding Truth Matters.